Welcome to Ominous Ones. I'm Tara. And I'm not Tara. This is an older case than the last couple I've done. This is about Carol Edward Cole, who was born May 9th of 1938 in Sioux City, Iowa. Immediately I thought you were talking about my mom. (laughs) Fair. This is actually Connor's life story, not Tara's life story. His parents were Laverne and Vesta Cole. After his sister was born, the family moved to California in 1939, where his dad, Laverne, worked in a shipyard before being sent to fight in World War II. After his dad left, his childhood wasn't a good one. His mom started sleeping with other people and would take him with her sometimes, and she would threaten him with violence to make sure he never told his dad. Jesus. It wasn't only threats, she actually would beat him up, and when his dad was home, she would continue to beat him up over small stuff. She didn't just threaten him with physical violence, she was also emotionally abusive towards him, telling him that she wanted him to be a girl and would make him dress like a girl and told him that was why she named him Carol. Oh. He was often made fun of because of his name, so to lessen this, he would try to go by his middle name, Eddie, but if anyone knew him, for real, they're like, no, it's Carol. So, this is my life story. There you go. His dad allowed his mom to do this, and soon Carol started to get a hatred towards women. Which I'm like, shouldn't he have also hated his dad who let this happen? In a later confession, of which there's a lot, he said his first murder happened when he was either 8 years old or 10. I saw both reported. And his interviews changed. She's like, oh, I was 8. Oh, I was 10. I'm not sure. He said he was swimming in a lake in Richmond, California, when a kid made him mad about something, so he held him under the water until he died. In an interview, he said this about it. Quote, I was primed. I had made the mental commitment. I was going to get even with my mother, and things just built up and built up and became an obsession. Unquote. The murder was ruled accidental drowning by the cops. So it seems like a kid actually did die. He didn't kill again for some time, but wasn't law-abiding. He was arrested for some thefts and for being drunk when he wasn't old enough to drink, along with arson, which he continues to do. He also stole cars, and he was charged with vagrancy. What's that? Isn't it staying where you're not supposed to or something like that? Like breaking into a place and staying there? I'm not sure. I'm going to Google it. I think that's what that means. Well, he was charged with that. Once he finished school, which he barely graduated from, he joined the army but was discharged for stealing guns in 1958. Two years later, in 1960, he attacked four people, two people in two different cars that were parked where kids went to hook up. Yeah, it's the state of living as a vagrant or homelessness. Yeah, I thought it was something like that. So, he was attacking people in cars. There's four people, two people in two different cars that were parked where kids went to hook up. After the attacks, he called the Richmond police and said he couldn't escape his thoughts of attacking and strangling women. Not sure what the cops said back to him, but I don't think they figured out who was calling and it didn't stop anything. He was just like, hey, just to let you guys know. Having some pretty bad thoughts, and I'm actually attacking people. FYI, I have urges. 
I have absolutely zero control over them and I wanted to let you guys be aware of this so you know what's going on. And they're like, okay, thanks. Yeah, they never said what they said to him, so it must not have been good or they would have admitted it. After this, he was sent to a few mental hospitals after trying to commit suicide once and then he recommits himself a few times later, telling the doctors he has violent fantasies of strangling and killing women. The last one he was in was in Stockton, California. A doctor there said this about him. Quote, he seems to be afraid of the female figure and cannot have intercourse with her first, but must kill her before he can do it, unquote. While there, he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder and psychopath tendencies. Jesus. With that diagnosis, he was released from the hospital in April of 1963. They said he was released from these hospitals because his diagnosis was his personality and not a mental illness. And back in the 50s and 60s, they believed there was nothing they could do to make him better. So he was untreatable and they just let him go. They're like, well, you're untreatable. Get out of here. Like he can only sleep with women after he's killed them. And he has really violent fantasies and attacks people. But we should just let him go. He's fine. After leaving the hospital, he moved to Dallas, Texas, where his brother Richard was. He later said he picked up a lot of women in bars and he would sleep with them and a lot of them left without getting hurt. But if he thought a woman was cheating on a boyfriend or husband or if they reminded him of his mom in any way, he would kill them. Which I thought he could only sleep with women if they were dead. Then he's like, why take them home? If you hate your mom so bad and you have this urge to kill anybody, then why even take ones home that resemble her at all because he has the urge and wants to kill him so he's like let's go he eventually married a woman named billy whitworth who was described as an exotic dancer with a drinking problem he had insane jealousy problems with billy and the marriage ended when carol burned a hotel down because he thought she was sleeping with a guy in one of the rooms at that point they had been married for two years He was caught for the fire and arrested for arson. After he did his time for that, he was right back at it. He went to Missouri and tried to kill an 11-year-old girl by strangling her. Jesus. She lived and he was caught and sentenced to a whole five years for trying to kill an 11-year-old. A little girl. Here's five years, which he probably didn't even serve all five. Well, back then they didn't hand out fucking, like, super big charges. Yeah, so I'm sure, kids. I'm sure it was like nothing. Like, get out of here. You're fine. Please stop it, sir. Just stop. We know kids make us angry. Don't be strangling them, though. Don't do that anymore. Unless it's your own child. You can't do it to other people's kids. Just leave. Especially in the 50s. Like, it's fine. Yeah. After he was released, he moved again to Nevada this time. He tried attacking two more women. part of Nevada. I don't know, it just says he moved to Nevada. Ghetto. He tried attacking two more women and tried to strangle them, but I believe they both got away because I didn't see anything more about them. After realizing his problems were still escalating, he committed himself to another mental hospital. The doctors at this hospital wrote down that, yes, he had problems, and yes, he had fantasies about hurting women, but they saw this as no reason to keep him, so they gave him a ticket to San Diego. They were like, just get out of Nevada, please. We don't want to deal with you. 
In San Diego, he escalated again. He met Essie Louis Buck. Her first name also could have been Elsie, where he killed her by strangling her. He put her body in the trunk of his car and left it for a few days before leaving it in a location I couldn't find. He was questioned about her death, but he was never held or charged. After he got away with that one, he moved on to Kathleen Blum, I think is how you say it, who he strangled and said he had sex with her after she died. But he has a lot of wild claims, so none of this is like confirmed. Two years later, he married again, this time to... Oh, also, I'm not sure what happened with Billy. I think she lived from the fire and they got divorced or he's committing... What is that when you marry two people at the same time? Uh, adultery? I don't and know. Something else when you get married. I don't know. But this time he married Diana Faye Younglove Pashal. She was a barmaid and was said to have a drinking problem, and the two really never got along. Carol would disappear for days and not tell her where he was going or where he had been. He later said in interviews that he was out killing more women when he would disappear. He said that in one of these in instances, he had eaten parts of one of his victims he had killed, but again, you can't prove that, so he might have just been elaborating. The marriage to her lasted about six years before he eventually killed Diana. He strangled her. Eight days later, one of his neighbors called the cops about her being gone. The cops came and searched the house, finding Diana in a closet wrapped in a blanket. But since she was a heavy drinker, they blamed her death on that and didn't charge him with anything. Jesus. Found her dead, wrapped up in a blanket in a closet. And they're like, that's her drinking problem. Since he realized he had gotten away with it, he decided he better move again. He went a few different places and ended up in Las Vegas where he met a woman named Marie Cushman. This was in 1979. The two met in a bar, hit it off, and ended up sleeping together in a motel room before he strangled her to death. There was another murder in 1979 in San Diego. Bonnie O'Neill was strangled and he later admitted to it. I'm not sure why he was back in San Diego, but he's all over the map, literally. After all this, he went back to Dallas, Texas, where his brother was. I was say, he seems to move a lot, so... Every time he gets away with something, he's like, I better go. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. You shouldn't stay if they're going to let you off. Like, okay, well, I'm going to try this somewhere they're else. finding him with dead bodies. I'm like, well, you can go. She was said to drink a lot, so... I guess she was cold and wrapped herself up in a blanket and put herself in the closet. Forever. Three more women would become his victims in Dallas, Texas. He strangled all of them. Dorothy King on November 11th, 1980, and Wanda Fay Roberts on November 12th, so the next day. He later said that after killing Dorothy, he went back to her house later on and had sex with her dead body. Again, could have been an elaboration. He was a suspect for Wanda, so he was on the police radar when they caught him killing Sally Thompson. They were not able to save her, but they stopped him from being able to commit necrophilia on her, so that was That's nice. the only positive part of it. He was obviously quickly arrested. He was questioned and held, and while there was, that was happening, the cops were ready to let him go, because they believed there was a possibility Sally had died of natural causes. 
So they catch him killing her, and they're like, it might have been natural causes. They did release him, but not for long. He was rearrested a couple minutes later, and that's when he started to confess. A lot of people thought that while most of his confessions lined up, that he was elaborating on a lot of it because he wanted an insanity defense. But he changes that later and wants the death penalty. So he can't make up his mind about anything. Not even about where he wants to live. True. He told the Dallas cops that in the last nine years he had killed at least 14 women, but he thought it could have been more and he might have just forgotten some because he was always drunk when he killed. He's like 14 minimum. But probably more. That's all he can really remember right now. The next year, on April 9th, 1981, Carroll was convicted for the last three murders in Dallas, Texas. For this, he was given life in prison in Huntsville with the possibility of parole after seven years. Killing three people. Jesus. Even after confessing, he was trying to stay in Dallas for just the three murders and not deal with the rest since another conviction could have led him to the death penalty. He, like, flip-flops. He's like... I want to live and I'm insane. And then he's like, give me the death penalty. He's like, no, I can't do this. I'm guilty. That changed when his mom died three years later in 1984. He told the cops in January that he wanted to go to Nevada to be tried for the murders he committed there. Nevada wanted him, so he was quickly extradited in February of the same year. So about a month after he changed his mind, we got him. We are like, yeah, we want you for that. He wanted a trial that a judge would decide on and not a jury because he thought a jury would try to stop the death penalty and a judge would be more severe. They had him on two murders, one that happened in 1977 and one that happened in 1979. In October of 1984, the Nevada courts sentenced him to death. When he heard that he was getting the death penalty, he told the judge, quote, thanks judge, unquote. A few different anti-death campaigns, like the American Civil Liberties Union, were fighting the system to change his sentence so he wouldn't die. (coughs) Not only did the courts not let this happen, but Carroll himself told them all to stop fighting it. He was ready to die. He also wouldn't ever let anyone file. The next year, on December 6, 1985, Carroll was executed at the Nevada State Prison in Carson City by lethal injection. So in the end, he confessed to killing a total of between 13 to 35 women. Like, that really, really varies. They were all killed by strangulation in Oklahoma, Texas, Wyoming, Nevada, California, and who knows where else since he lived everywhere. And that was the case of Carol Cole. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.